0: I'm Brian Barnett. I'm just a regular guy. I'm not a doctor. I have no legal license in any field of psychology. But I did live a large part of my life with borderline personality disorder unknowingly, and I really did rid myself of the disorder completely and permanently. Through that, I've become an expert on issues involving emotional health, I accept no responsibility whatsoever for your feelings, thoughts, behaviors, decisions, and actions, including your decision to watch or listen to this show at all. But I do hope you might benefit yourself from the insights I share. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to this very first episode of a brand new season of the Last Symptom Podcast. Season 5. Holy mackerel. Have I really been doing this for five years? I reckon I have. Five years, Last Symptom Podcast. Fifth season. Going into the fifth year, I reckon. I'm glad to have you here. I know it's been a while. This is the longest break I've taken since I started Last Symptom and uh, it was enjoyable uh, but at the same time I was anxious to get back to work doing this show and so it's good to be back I hope you enjoy and appreciate some of the changes that I've made to the music and that sort of thing Uh, you know the first time I changed the music I think in the second season I lost uh, a thousand subscribers overnight (laughs) so you'd think I'd learn my lesson, but you know, you got to mix things up keep things fresh, and that's what I'm trying to do so uh, that, that little ditty there is a tune that I come up with about five years ago and I got it off the shelf dusted her off, and tinkered around with her a little bit made it for this this season's theme song some of you might remember that back at the beginning I had this uh kind of uh vanity project that i was going to try to do it was called well it doesn't matter what it was called it, it was a vanity project that i was going to start doing on the side that was uh, going to be different from last symptom and uh i just could not find time to do it so it never took off but the theme music that i created for that since it never got used i thought well we'll use it this year last symptom and here we are got a couple of announcements to make important announcements so this is just not the typical announcements we go through I'd like you folks to listen closely and uh, see if this is not something you want to take advantage of I have a special promotion going on right now for the last symptom community on locals and the way it works is this This coming Tuesday, I think it's the 6th of September, this coming Tuesday, on the Last Symptom Community on Locals, I'm going to provide a free coupon code that will give you free access, free and full access to the Last Symptom Fundamentals course. That two-week intensive pre-recorded online course that I'm always talking about Here's the uh, the catch, it, it will only be available to paid supporters of the Last Symptom community on Locals. The way you can join our group on Locals is by going to thelastsymptom.locals.com and another way of course is to download the Locals.com app from the App Store and then just search for The Last Symptom by Brian Barnett. Two different membership types on Locals. There's the free membership, and then there is a paid supporter membership. This offer is only for those who are paid supporters of uh, the Last Symptom community. So that coupon code is gonna be available on Tuesday, again, only for supporters. I'm gonna post it on the last symptom community there on locals for supporters only uh, that will appear on Tuesday morning I have a program to appear at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time so that's New York time now here's the thing you could hop on there join our group become a paid supporter for a month get the, the, the promotion be able to take the last symptom fundamentals course once once you're enrolled in the course, you've got access to it for seven months. The code itself, the coupon, is only going to be active for one week. So Tuesday it will appear. Anybody who wants to take advantage of this offer will have a week to take advantage of that offer. After a week, the coupon will no longer be active. But anybody who has used that coupon and enrolled in the Last of Fundamentals course, Once you've done that, well then you'll have access for seven months. So uh, what I I was about to say is that, uh, you know, theoretically you could hop on there, you could could become a paid supporter for one month, take off and never come back again. But I hope that's not what you'll do. There's two reasons for me offering this promotion. One is that we have 800 members over there at, at locals on the last symptom community, the paid supporters who have been with me now for the past year or two years on Locals. I wanted to reward them for their trust in me, for support my work by being paid supporters there in the Locals group. And then the other thing was, I wanted to attract people, of course, to Locals. So I th- figured this is a great opportunity to uh, get more people in there. I really hope you'll stay. I hope you'll be a, an active participant in the group not just subscribe as a supporter and then never participate, never interact with anybody, never be involved. I, I would like everybody to be involved but you know it's it's up to you. Then there was a third reason. The third reason is that I know that the Last Symptom Fundamentals course can be a big expense for people in certain financial c- circumstances. I mean it's it's not a... <clears throat> Here's the thing about it. For a lot of f- folks who would not be willing to purchase the Last Symptom Fundamentals course, I have no doubt that if a television went on sale for $500 they'd run right out and find a way to buy it. Right? So, uh, I'm not naive. Uh, I know that there will be people like that who truly could afford the course but just aren't willing to do it. and Don't value it enough. Uh, who will take advantage of this offer? That's fine. I know that that's just part of the deal. but. There are folks who are genuinely under some financial stress, who value my work, would really like to be be able to take that course, and until now have not been able to. You know, I can sympathize with that with a situation like that, and so I wanted to. Uh, that's the third reason why I'm offering this promotion. So seriously consider joining us over there at TheLastSymptom.Locals.com. Become a paid supporter. You'll get access to the course, full access, full free access, starting Tuesday. What sorts of people should take the Last Symptom Fundamentals course? Everybody, everybody. So let's say that you don't identify as somebody that has an emotional disorder. You view yourself as being somebody who cares about somebody else who has an emotional disorder. You need to take the course too. I'll tell you why, because if you care about somebody with an emotional disorder, but you don't understand the experience that they're experiencing, you don't understand the thoughts, the type of thinking that they are thinking all the time, you don't understand why they behave in ways that they do, uh, you don't understand what the solution is, you don't understand the appropriate way. To support them remember you're always supporting you're always supporting the the question is what type of support are you offering what, what type of support are you giving? one would be enabling remember enabling also is support uh, that's not the type of support you want to be given to somebody that you care about that has an emotional disorder how are you going to know the, the healthy type of support to give if you don't understand the nature of the issues that they're dealing with? So that's an important reason for you to take the course, but the, the most important reason is for the, the discoveries you will necessarily make, end up making about your own health. That's the most important thing. What sorts of discoveries will you learn about yourself while taking the course? You will you will make discoveries. Let me just repeat it one more time. On Tuesday, September 6th, coming right up at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, there will be a coupon code that appears on the last cent of community on Locals that will only be accessible by paid supporters. You can become a monthly paid supporter. You can become a yearly paid supporter. If you become a yearly paid supporter, you get two months free and then you will have full free access to the entire The Last Symptom Fundamentals course it's a good opportunity really should take it it's a a chance to save hundreds of dollars while at the same time um, taking advantage of a really valuable experience next announcement this week The Last Symptom Podcast crossed the half a million downloads benchmark. Half a million downloads. Four seasons, half a million downloads. Not bad, right? I'm very pleased that my work and my message seems to be getting out there, little by little. And something interesting about this half a million download benchmark is that it only takes into consideration people who are downloading the, the podcast version of the show as you know I'm also on YouTube and I'm also on Rumble so it doesn't take those into account so we crossed the 500 thousand mark sometime back if if we take into consideration the other platforms that people subscribe to the show and while we're talking about that let me tell you that uh, this show is now available as video so if you'd like to watch me do this rather than just listen to me you can do that by subscribing to the YouTube channel The Last Symptom YouTube channel and The Last Symptom Rumble channel hope you'll do that alright, let's move on news in my life since I've been on a you know I can't really call it a vacation I've been as busy as ever I just haven't been doing the show but one of the things that I did was uh, I finished reading one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life for those of you who are watching rather than just listening let me show you that book Yeah, it's this one right here it's a it's called the frontiersman uh... I don't know if that's uh... going into focus or not but it's called the frontiersman by Alan W Eckert and uh... it's a big brick of a book but I'll tell you what this book was so good as most of you know Shantaram by Gregory David Roberts has held a really high spot on my favorite books of all time list for, gosh, 14, 13, 14 years, something like that. This book might have knocked it off the throne. (laughs) I mean, it's a really hard call because both books are just so, so good. The thing about this Frontiersman book by Alan Eckert, it's all about Simon Kenton and Tecumseh the uh, great Shawnee Indian chief it, it's it's real history these things really happened and uh, it's just so fascinating to see history play out right in front of your eyes you know so to speak in your imagination of course but you know, I felt like I was actually there I felt like I was right there seeing these people watching these events a lot of it takes place in the woods uh, in in the Appalachian woods so uh, that's probably another reason why I love this book so much that it's all taken place in the areas where I grew, grew up and so when it's making reference to all, references to all these places these rivers and creeks and stuff like that I, I know exactly where they're talking about and I, I did not know all of the history that took place in these parts so Just such a fantastic read. If you guys are looking for a good book to read, I'd I'd recommend checking out The Frontiersman by Alan Eckert. It's it's got some violent, some really graphic violent parts to it. And, And, you know, I don't really revel in that sort of thing, but when it truly happened, when it's part of the true history of the world that we live in, then it, you know it goes back to re- denial and acceptance, right? We're always talking about denial and acceptance. I want to see the truth no matter how I feel about it. If these really disturbing, violent things took place, that's really the world we live in. I would rather not live a life of denial and just of pretend, pretending you know, that, the, that those violent and terrible, gruesome things uh, never happened, don't happen, people aren't capable of that. See, that, that would be denial, wouldn't it? Like I say, even though I don't revel, I don't take joy in in reading those sorts of things or knowing about those sorts of things, I, I do like being a person who is healthfully full of acceptance, where I can look at the thing and say, yes, I, I, whether I like it or not, that's the reality that of the world that I live in. So, you know, it's kind of like Schindler's List. Schindler's List is a movie I... I can't say I enjoyed it. I'm glad it exists, and I'm glad I was able to see it. But as far as enjoying it, I didn't enjoy it. But I wanted to see it for the same reason that, you know, when there are gruesome, terrible, violent acts, I'd rather not pretend that they, they don't exist. Whether I like those things or not, I would rather know, that, know what is true, or the true nature of this life then pretend that, that that don't exist so anyway a little long-winded there but that was one thing I did Finished that book and uh, tomorrow night old Eloise and I my li- my little girl are going on her first proper backpacking trip she's seven now and so I got her a backpack and we're gonna trudge off into the woods for a few nights we'll see how it goes see if she likes it. I hope she does. I've split up the journey into manageable portions for her hopefully, and I've got some good things in mind to show her a good time. That's what I've got going on. It, so let that be a reminder to you folks that uh, if you try to reach out to me this weekend, I probably will not be able to get any messages. I, I It's very possible I won't even be able to log on to our locals group, but as I was telling people in the group, just in case I get uh, kidnapped by Bigfoot or ate by a bear or something, the coupon code for the free access to the Last Symptom course is already created and programmed, so it, it'll automatically upload to the group so that I am able to uphold my end of the bargain, even if I get, have a huge meteor fall out of the sky and land on me. You ever hear people talk about having a low sense of worth? You ever hear that that expression, or low self-esteem? Well, I'm going to tell you something today that uh, you're going to doubt is true, but it is true, and I'm going to explain why it's true, and it's kind of going to change, hopefully, your perspective of the thing. You'll never be able to hear these expressions, low self-worth low self-esteem the same way again and it might even help you in your life and might help you in your discussions with other people you might be able to spread the word and together you and I might be able to turn this thing on its head so this expression low self-worth it's not a thing it's not a thing low self-esteem it's not a thing why do i say that low self-worth is not a thing that it's not true that there is no such thing as low self-worth and there's no such thing as low self-esteem can you guess why you might be racking your brain right now saying where's he going with this because uh, he better have a pretty good explanation for this Well. <clears throat> here's the explanation there's no such thing as low self-worth there's only such thing as no self-worth you still doubt me but that's alright we're going to talk about this for a second you remember toward the end of last season of this show we talked a lot about inherent worth do you remember how i explained to you that there are two different value system types in life and there's a real problem that occurs when people grow up only understanding the one type rather than both types do you remember what those two types are? well there's the commercial value system that applies to things like cars uh, iPhones television sets and things of that nature. The commercial value system. And what do we know about the commercial value system? In the commercial value system where does the value come from? Uh, so for example, let's take an iPhone. In the commercial value system is is it the iPhone that is itself Producing the worth or the value well we know it's not because if nobody wants that iPhone if nobody wants it then it it has no value it doesn't matter if Apple tries to sell that iPhone for uh, 50% off if nobody wants it it's not even worth that you know uh, I think I told you some time back that I've got an old iPhone up there on the shelf it works it's just a few years old I cannot sell it I I can't get anybody to give me $10 for it and I'm not joking about that think about that what was once worth hundreds of dollars you know when it first come out I can't even sell now for $10. Do you see how under the commercial value system, value can fluctuate. It comes and goes, right? But the, the item itself is not what produces the value. What is it that produces the value in the commercial value system? What people think. Do people want that phone? Do people want that thing? Do they admire it? Do they like it? If they do, in the commercial value system, it has lots of value. But if they don't, what happens to that value? It it goes away. Or it, it, it lessens, right? But I want you to think for a second what we've just said. Think real hard about everything we've just said where does the value come from? it comes from people, other people what other people think remember the iPhone does not generate or produce any value on its own isn't that remarkable? well what does that mean? what it means is that by itself it's worthless yes Uh, a car, brand new car shiny, sparkly, brand new car got all the bells and whistles and everything yes, you might be able to sell that car for $100,000 you might even pay $100,000 for a car like that but the car is not producing the value the car itself is not producing the value the value is based on how many people want that car what people think so what does that necessarily mean for the car? <clears throat> it necessarily means that just by itself it's worthless <laughs> try to wrap your mind around that yes you might be willing to pay a hundred thousand dollars for it the car by itself is still worthless It's the only reason the dealership can get a hundred thousand dollars out of you is because of what? because of what you think, what everybody else thinks. People desire in the car. People wanting the car. You see, the value then is in your wanting it. It's not in the car itself. Do you understand? The value is not in the car itself. The car is not generating any value whatsoever. You're generating the value for it so if you take away you wanting the car and everybody else wanting the car and you're just left with the car what's it worth? nothing it is worthless isn't that a kind of a a fascinating way of looking at the world more accurately the car this car that i'm going to pay eighty thousand dollars for is worthless it's worthless the worth is in me wanting it I'm giving the car worth you're giving the car worth everybody's giving the car worth but by the, by itself the car is worthless it doesn't matter if it's brand new doesn't matter if it has all the latest technology and everything it's still not generating any worth on its own on, on its own it's, it's completely worthless yeah and but people are buying them. that's the commercial value system where does uh, this thing that people refer to as low self-worth, where does that come from? Well, that brings us to this other value type. You've got the commercial value system, and then you've got the inherent value system. The, the difference with the inherent value system is very interesting because in the inherent value system, it works the exact opposite. Whereas in the commercial value system, the thing itself does not generate the worth. In the inherent value system, the thing itself does generate the worth. In the commercial value system, where the thing's worth depends on everybody else, what everybody else thinks, what people think, in the inherent value system, the worth is totally independent of what people think. It doesn't matter what people think because the thing itself is generating the value. Isn't that interesting? The two types of value systems operate completely opposite of each other. The, so everything, every, in every way that the commercial value system works, the inherent value system works the complete opposite. And in every way that the inherent value system works, the commercial value system works the complete opposite to that. Isn't that interesting? So where, where are we going at with this? People suffer from a sense of low, you know, this erroneous term, low self-worth or low self-esteem only when they have been raised understanding only the commercial value type, the commercial value system. And so the mistake they make which is understandable because they only know the one type. But the mistake that they make, naturally, is that they apply the commercial value system to people. And what have we established the commercial value system says about where worth comes from in that system? Well, we've we've established, haven't we, that the thing itself cannot generate the value. The value comes from what people think. So, people who are living with that erroneous concept of how human value works, they're applying the commercial value system to human beings and other things. You know, I've used uh, the example of a banana in the past. It doesn't matter if people like bananas or not, the banana generates its worth itself, it has inherent value. How so? Well, because no matter if people like bananas or not the banana still is what it is it still offers the nutritional value that it does so the, it itself is generating the value so it doesn't matter if anybody likes bananas it doesn't matter if anybody ever ate a banana based purely on the merit of what it is it still contains all that nutrition you know the potential nutrition that, that we could partake of that we could benefit from Whether we ever do or not doesn't change that. And that makes me think about uh, maters, tomatoes, tomatoes. Did you know that for the longest time everybody thought tomatoes were poisonous? Did you know that? It's true. People were convinced that tomatoes are poisonous and they avoided them. They wouldn't eat them for anything. In fact, I've read that they used to grow mater plants simply for the appearance of the tomato plant, kind of like you grow roses, I reckon. They would grow them for that reason, but they wouldn't eat the fruit. They wouldn't eat the, the, the maters, the tomatoes, because they thought they were poisonous. Now during all that time, all those years that people thought that tomatoes were poisonous, did the tomatoes not have any value? No, they they had exactly the same value that they have today because a tomato's worth is inherent to it. Right? It doesn't matter if people want it or not. Its inherent value does not go up and down. It, it's not dependent on what people think, on whether people are eating them or not because of their inherent value, because of what they are. So we've talked a lot lately about these two value types, these two types of value, how they work, and again, unhealthy people are unhealthy because they don't know, they don't believe in inherent value. So they only know of the commercial value type and they apply that to people. Once a person does that, even if they're not consciously aware of the significance, the full significance of that, unconsciously they are and unconsciously they know that if the commercial value system applies to them they are worthless this is why I say there is no such thing as low self-worth because what people are talking about when they talk about low self-worth is they're talking about or low self-esteem that feeling they're talking about or that emptiness or that insecurity about oneself that only comes from a failure to believe that people can have inherent value that people can have value just because of what they are not because of what how they look or what they do Or, you, you know when we talk about think about this when we talk about you having value because of what you do or how you look and these sorts of things what, what are we really talking about let me ask it this way let's Play the why exercise. All right, you feel better about yourself because you're driving a nice car. Why? Why? Is it because of the pleasure, just the pleasure you get from driving the nice car? Uh Uh-uh. Why do you feel better about yourself when you're driving a nice car? Because of what people think. You see, it's not just having the car. there has to be a reason why having the car makes you feel better about yourself you know think about that what what about having a a, one type of car or another type of car why would that have anything to do with how you feel about yourself at all you ever wonder that well why would it because of what people think let's flip that around on its head let's say You're driving a big stinker of a car. It's got big rust spots all over it. It's uh, 40 years old. muffler makes a lot of noise. And now you feel worse about yourself. Why do you feel worse about yourself? Is it the car making you feel worse about yourself? No. What about you driving that car is it that's making you feel worse about yourself? What people think. It all goes back to what people think. In the commercial value system, everything is built around what all those, what everybody around us thinks. Remember the iPhone, brand new iPhone. Why? Why does the iPhone have so much value? Because of all the ge- ge- gadgets and all the technology that's built into it? Nope. Nope. It has value because people want it. It's what people think. What people think gives it value. By itself, it has no value. So remember that when you perceive your worth as coming from external things, then the worth is in the things, not in you. And and also remember that when we're talking about worth coming from external things, we're always talking about what people think. That's what it comes down to, what people think. That That is the... the ingredient in the commercial value system that's that's the the ingredient it always all goes back to what do people think when you're you know when you're driving that big stinker of a car it's not that you're just feeling bad about your circumstances yeah that's not what i'm talking about I'm talking about when you feel bad about yourself why would you feel bad about yourself because of the car you're driving Uh, do you see what i'm saying Uh, what does what relationship does the car have to you and who and what you are? It has no relationship. So why would owning a car like that or having to drive a car like that make you feel bad about yourself? There's only one reason why it would make you feel bad about yourself. It's because of what you fear other people think when they see you driving that car. But anyway, when you perceive your worth is coming from external things, then the worth is in the things, not you. It's in their opinions. It's in everybody's opinions, not in you. If nobody likes me, if I'm not successful, if I don't have money, if I'm not wearing the right kinds of clothes, again, it's not the clothes, it's not the money. It's, it's that this will earn me attention and admiration from people. So you see, it it always goes back to what, what people think. That is the external source, where the value comes from. But when you perceive your worth as having to come from external things or outside of you, and what are those external things? It's what people think, what other people think. When you perceive that your worth has to come from there, The worth is in what people think. It's their opinions. Their opinions is where all the worth is coming from. But it's not coming from you. You're worthless. You see, uh, remember the example, I used an example of like having a bunch of rings on your fingers. But let's say like a Breitling watch. You know, a Breitling is a really nice mechanical watch for men. Really expensive. Let's say... You know, you you have an eight thousand dollar Breitling watch, wristwatch, and you say to somebody, "Hey, look at this! Look at this here! Look at my wrist! My wrist is worth eight thousand dollars. <laughs> is that right? Because you've put the Breitling wristwatch on your wrist, is your wrist?" Worth eight thousand dollars? No. The wristwatch, the Breitling wristwatch, is worth eight thousand dollars. If you take the wristwatch off, the wristwatch is still worth eight thousand dollars, right? But your wrist is not. That's the way external value work works. You know, the wrist itself to say that it's worth eight thousand dollars because it has a Breitling. Wristwatch on it. It's really a screwy way of looking at the thing, but unhealthy people look at everything that way, and it and nobody catches it. Nobody catches how twisted that type of thinking is. I always think about these celebrities who have to be wearing designer uh, clothes all the time, and you know some of them are like in their 50s and 60s, but they're still walking around so concerned about having their hair styled exactly right, wearing designer clothes. Uh, you know, they never, you never see them go out into public. Anytime they go out into public, it looks like they're walking a runway, doesn't it? In fact, they are. They're going out to make an appearance and to garner attention. And so they've always got the dark shades on, they got their hairstyle just right, but they're wearing designer clothes. and You you don't see them wearing (laughs) shirts and pants from Walmart, do you? No, they've got it just right. Uh, Just right, like a magazine. Like they're dressed to be on the cover of a a magazine. There might be a reason for that. Paparazzi. And uh, the good likelihood that they actually will end up on a magazine cover. But still, I always think of them when I'm thinking about this topic, about how the value is in the the trinkets, the value is in the in the junk that they're wearing. The these clothes that they've spent too much money for and stuff. It doesn't make them worth more. It doesn't add to your to their inherent worth as people. The same way with jewelry. Uh, I'm not I don't I'm not big on jewelry. I'm not knocking anybody who is. People decorating their bodies up with precious stones and gold. and All these things. As if it adds to their value. But nothing can add to your value. It's not you. If it's not you, it can't add to you. That's a good way of saying it, actually. It just kind of popped into my head. If it's not you, it can't add to you and if it's not you it can't take away from you alright so I could deck out my fingers and jewels wear tons of gold around my neck it doesn't add to me the necklace is still a necklace it's still just metal it, it's not me it's not part of me how can it add to me if it's not a part of me but my point here is that there is you a person either believes in inherent worth in which case the person is secure in their value because they understand that they themselves are the ones producing the value it doesn't matter what people think Uh, in the inherent value system that's not where value comes from what people think in the inherent value system it's the thing itself the thing itself is what provides the value not what people think it's only in the commercial value system that what people think uh, is what provides the value like for cars and stuff and television sets the television set is not providing its own value but you are you are providing your own value So there's only those two value types there's only those two value systems that exist in life, the commercial and the inherent. The person living with the understanding that human value is inherent to to what you are. That person does not suffer from self-esteem issues, doesn't suffer from self-worth issues. Why not? Because they're providing the value. And uh, whether people like them or not doesn't detract from it in any way. I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. People who apply the commercial value system to human beings, themselves included, are living with the unconscious certainty. That just on their own, they have no value. They're worthless. Because why? Because any value that any sense of value they get to enjoy has to come from outside of them. And what external source is what provides value under that system? What people think. So those are the only two. There's only a person with the unconscious belief that they have no worth, none. They themselves have zero worth. There's that belief, that attitude system, and then there's the attitude system that a person has inherent value. But there's no middle ground. There's no such thing as, for example, a person who truly believes in inherent worth and, and, you know, I'm, I talk a lot about unhealthy people believe in, or, you know, having these certainties on an unconscious level. Well, that's true for healthy people, too. If you're just raised in a healthy family all your life, you're not walking around thinking about inherent worth. You don't have a name for it. You're not thinking about it. You, you're not consciously aware that that's your belief system. You, you know, you only... The only reason you'd be conscious about these things is if you've had a reason to have your attention drawn to them, right? like I have, having to recover from borderline personality disorder. But just like I walked around for 35 years, uh, completely unconscious as to what my underlying beliefs and perspectives were, I, I was just living a life is what I was doing. I wasn't sitting and scrutinizing how I arrived at every conclusion and why I thought what I thought and all these things, well just in the same way, healthy people are not doing that either, they, they have no reason to. They're content, life's good, they have no reason to have their attention drawn there. But what I'm saying is that there there is no middle ground, there's no in-between. Uh, so the healthy person is never going to be suffering from self-esteem issues. Who is the only person who's going to suffer from self-esteem issues? Somebody who lives with the other belief system, the unhealthy belief system, the one where inherent value doesn't exist, where value has to come from outside of oneself in the form of what other people think. If you exist in that reality, you know, air quotes, then in that reality the thing itself does not provide any of its own value. What does that mean? It means that the, the person views themselves as valueless. Where does the value have to come? It has to come from what other people think. So where's the value? Where does the value exist? Not in you. The value is in what people think, right? So in that belief system, can you have what people refer to as just low self-worth no you you have zero self-worth you see that in that reality in that belief system there is no such thing as some in between like you can't you either do believe in inherent value or you don't there's no I kinda do there is no I kinda do you either do or you don't and how will you know well your interpretation of life is what will tell you so for example if if you have to ride to work every day on a horse and everybody else is driving these beautiful sports cars and you feel bad about yourself for that like the horse you riding the horse makes you feel bad about yourself why is it the only reason that you would feel bad about yourself because of the horse because of what other people think. When when we talk about feeling bad about ourselves, we're talking about our value. When when I feel bad about myself, what we're talking about is my sense of value about myself. Have you ever thought of that? That's why I say that um, shame, shame is any time you feel bad about yourself. See, it's when you don't distinguish between something you do and say oh, I feel bad about what I did. No, what we're talking about is when you feel bad about yourself, okay? Because of this thing I did, I feel bad about myself. Why is the only reason that happens? Because it's a reflection on my value. How can what's the only thing that can affect your value? Let's let's take the two different types of value systems and and compare them. In the commercial value system, what's the only thing that can affect your value as a person? Everything. All, everything everybody else thinks, right? Your value is dependent on what everybody else thinks. That's why you got to have the the successful career. That's why you've got to have look like a model every time you walk out the door. That's why you've got to be driving the sports car and you know, dressed a certain way. It's not because the clothes give you value. The clothes don't give you a sense of value. No. The the clothes only work to do that based on because you're appealing to what other people think. You're trying to garner their admiration, right? So you're using the clothes to do that. You're using the car to do that. You're using the trophy wife to do that. You're using the the particular neighborhood that you live in, uh, ritzy neighborhood or, you know, the, people, the sorts of people you choose to hang out with and be seen with. What are all these things? These are all just things. The things themselves are not what are giving you this false sense of value. The things are only working to appeal to others what people think. So where's the value really at? It's in what other people think. You're just using the clothes and the car and the trophy wife and everything to get there. You see what I'm saying? And what's the other value system? The other value system is uh, my worth is inherent to me. I, I, I'm i the one that's providing the value. So what can affect my value? In the inherent value system, what is the only thing that can affect your value as a person. Death. Death. Why? Because it's only when you die that you stop being a person. Think about that. It's only when you die that you stop being a person and you become something else. You become a corpse. That's what it means when your value is inherent well I really got off there on a tangent I did not mean to talk about that subject for this whole show it was supposed to be a real brief discussion and here I took up the whole show talking about that you guys are going to get sick and tired of hearing me because we've had this conversation for several episodes um, but there's just so much that you can squeeze out of that discussion I mean and, and it's the foundation of everything it's the, it's the foundation everything. It's the foundation to all of emotional disorder and emotional unhealth. And it's the foundation to all uh, emotional health, good emotional health. So the, the, it's the foundation everything. It's important that we talk about it a lot. Real quick before we end here, rumination and obsession, or let's say rumination and obsession. Are they the same thing? No, they're not. What is the purpose of rumination or meditation? purpose of meditation and rumination is to analyze and learn from. Analyze and learn from. What is the purpose with obsession or obsessing about a thing? I'll tell you what. You, know, you might think to excuse it, a person could come up with all sorts of purposes for the obsession, but it really—the only purpose that it serves—is to fuel denial. Obsession is is rooted in denial. So, uh, like mourning, like mourning the death of somebody. Remember, in the past, I've told you that acceptance is not an intellectual achievement; it's an emotional achievement. I might know intellectually that a person is is dead, but my emotions do not want to accept that. They they reject that. They reject it for a long time, right? And that is the grieving or the mourning process. What happens when a person comes out of mourning or comes out of the grieving process? That is when their feelings have finally accepted the reality, the, the new reality. They've known it intellectually for a long time, But now their emotions, finally, are on board as well. Their emotions have accepted it. Their emotions are no longer denying this new reality. Obsession is rooted in denial. It's emotionally rejecting things. So, uh, say that a girl breaks up with me. A girlfriend breaks up with me. And I'm just obsessing about our life together. Everything that went wrong. I just, I just cannot let it go. It's no different than mourning the death of somebody. My emotions are in denial, so I'm in mourning. I mean, I'm grieving. But it's creating this obsession where the brain, you're trying to find, <clears throat> you're trying to find any way that you can uh find cracks in the reality of the thing to con- to maybe see a way that it's not true but that's frustrating isn't it because when a thing is true it's true whether you like it or not so acceptance really is the way out of obsession i talk to f- folks every once in a while and it seems like every time i talk to them and i you know i love everybody that i I come into contact here through the last symptom but um, what I'm saying is that sometimes I talk to those who are obsessing that they can't let a thing go, they can't let it go is that because intellectually there's something wrong with them? no no it's it's that they're, they're mired in denial denial is not an intellectual thing. Acceptance is not an intellectual thing. Primarily, it is an emotional thing. An obsession is mired in denial. The emotions not wanting to accept a thing. So, again, acceptance is the way out of denial. Well, I feel like, I feel kinda like a cold engine doing this show. Uh, I'm a little out of practice. And my brain wasn't really working right I hope I can edit this and get together a real nice show for everybody and I hope that you benefited from it remember that promotion that's going on over at Locals, don't forget that that's a great opportunity for you to take the Last Symptom Fundamentals course for free uh, this is not an offer I'm probably ever going to make again so I would like as many people as possible to be able to take advantage of it that's why I'm announcing it here on the show Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'm going to be out there in the deep woods with my daughter, my dog, and we'll see you folks next week. Um, Do something nice for yourselves. Uh, Until next time, take care. (whistles)